You're listening to the Outstanding Life Podcast with your host, Johnny D, the motivational cowboy. 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 As a motivational speaker, Johnny D impacts audiences around the world with his message of living the outstanding life. He's a best-selling author, MC, and two-time Grammy-considered artist. This podcast is a place where Johnny D can introduce you to his outstanding friends and share funny, interesting, and heart-provoking stories. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle up. Here comes your host, Johnny D. Hey everybody, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Outstanding Life Podcast. I want to say a big hello to all my friends tuning in on Dirt Road Radio, KYDT 103.1 FM and KBFS 1450 AM. Today, we are at the Capuchin Soup Kitchen and On the Rise Bakery with Brother Gary, Norman, Nate, and Tim. Father Gary, I'm going to start with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Johnny. Thank you for having us. Father Gary, I have to ask, can you tell us a little bit about the mission here and the purpose of the organization? As Capuchin Franciscans, uh, really what we try to do in almost all our ministries is serve those on the margins, those who struggle and maybe don't have the resources to uh, deal with their struggles. We hope to, pro- to provide them. And how long has this program been alive? Well, the uh, stock market crashed on October 29th, 1929, and four days later, on November 2nd uh, of the same year, uh, the doors of the Capuchin Soup Kitchen opened with three, 400 men waiting for some soup and a sandwich. No kidding. And today, you guys have a lot going on here. It's not just the bakery. It's not just the soup kitchen. You guys you guys have, you know, grow your own uh, vegetables and stuff like that in the summertime here in Detroit. I mean, that's pretty cool. And you've been here how long? I'm in my third year. Third year. Awesome. And how long have you been a brother? Oh, boy, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me. <laughs> I'm in my 42nd year. Outstanding. Well, I, I am so blessed that you are here with us today. And I'm going to jump you. right into this. And, and Norman, I'm going to start with you. I, I'm going to start with you about how you ended up here in the program. Okay, well, Johnny, well, thanks for having me. Uh, I started in this program because um, growing up, uh, I wasn't too fond of myself. And I went through a couple things in life, and I had to go through some things where it landed me in treatment. I battled with substance abuse, battled with uh, drugs and alcohol, battled with myself mostly and um, whom I choose to call my higher power, God. I battled with God because I didn't want to submit to anything. I thought it was, I was running my own show. I was in charge. What I want when I want it type of thing. And it led me to the rope program. And um, I got a chance to get to know Norman, get to live with Norman, I never could live with Norman. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I got to live with Norman without any mind, mood, or altering chemicals. Uh, we had to work. We, well, we got a chance to work, make money, um, save our money. Uh, we went through, we had uh, options to go to counseling, AA, NA meetings, uh, all things that's to better us, right? All things that's to help me. So I would have been a fool not to want to uh, take grasp or take hold of that program that I was um, blessed to be a part of. And I stayed there for about a year, and then I got the opportunity to get hired in the cafe. And so I've been here for almost, I want to say three years now, too. Three years as well. It'll be three years in June. It'll be three years in June, and I will be sober and clean for three years. So it'll be two years in June, and I'll be sober and clean. I'm already sober and clean for three years, but I'll be here for two years in June. So it's really been a great opportunity, a great ride um, going on this journey of mine of staying sober, staying clean and keeping God first and not picking anything up and learning who I am and being okay with who I am because um, I wasn't okay with Norman in the past. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted to put a mask on. I I, I knew, I, I felt like I was the wrong person in the wrong body type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I had to battle that before I even picked up any drugs or alcohol. So, um, I was messed up before I picked up. But God, you know what I'm saying? God gave me the chance to get it better. Norman, I just want to say thank you. Thank, thank you, you for for sharing that and being honest, right? Because there's so many people that struggle and they think that they're the only ones yeah. struggling. And I'm getting goosebumps right now looking at you in, mm-hmm. in, in, in your story. And Norman, I kind of said this before the show today, but when I came here six months ago and I had the opportunity to to see what this was all about, I came to the uh, the bakery and um, your energy 
is amazing. I can't, I can't imagine what Norman was like when he was using, <laughs> because you are a ball of energy as I sit across Thank from you. you right now. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. So I, I have to ask though, what led you? Was it the church? Were you always a church going guy, or yeah. was it was it a neighbor that that said, "Hey, there's something bigger and better for you"? Um, well, I was always uh, raised in the church. My mom and my dad was a church going family. Um, my grandpa was Baptist, so church was there, right? I knew about God, but I chose to do my own thing. You know how some people got to go around the mountain to get to the mountain yeah, yeah. type of thing? That was me. I wanted to defy and do everything I wanted to do. But I was in a, a program before the rope program and uh, somebody had came and gave a testimony story about the rope program. And when I heard bacon, you get to work, I can stay here for a year. You know what I'm saying? It was all opportunities that I felt like would have been beneficial for me. I mean, look at me. I like to eat. So if I can learn how to bake too, you know, I'm always in the kitchen. I was always in the kitchen with my mom. So, so this program, do they put you up? Like, talk a little bit about that. Okay. So uh, it's a year program. Uh, it was a, a house um, plenty of rooms. Everybody had their own room. Food was provided. Every, you don't pay for anything. We worked pretty much five days a week. Like I said, we went through counseling. We had meetings, spiritual meetings, spiritual guidance. We had a church around the corner that we went to, a parish rather, um, a nativity that we went through on, on Sundays for masks. I mean, all these things are optional, but if you're working on yourself and trying to better yourself, you know, you would take advantage of that. So I surely did. And uh, it was even volunteering services that were we were we were supposed to do on Thursdays. <laughs> I guess I kind of <laughs> got out of that one. But uh, <laughs> um, it was it was a great experience because, like I said, I got a chance to know Norman. Yeah. And yeah. who I was. And Nate, how about you? What is your story and how did you end up here? Well, uh, I'm Nate and I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict. Hey, Nate. And... Uh, I guess uh, I grew up mostly down in Florida. Okay. And uh, I had been through my through my alcoholism and drug use. I had left everything behind and had been hopping trains and hitchhiking and working on farms and whatever else I could do around the country. And uh, I was down in New Orleans for Mardi Gras uh, in 2020 and ran into a, a lady that I knew and she had just bought a house here in Detroit. And so uh, I thought it would be a good idea to move in with her and uh, fix her house up. But uh, because I couldn't stop drinking, that didn't uh, last very long. And I ended up homeless here in Detroit, and I still, I couldn't stop. And I had always, I had never been to any sort of rehabilitation program or, or tried to quit before. I had I'd been introduced to AA out in Gillette, Wyoming back in like 2017, but I did, it just didn't stick. And... I tried to kill myself and I ended up in the mental hospital and they asked me if I wanted to get some help and I didn't have anywhere else to go and I had never, I had never tried it before. So I figured I would uh, give it a shot and I ended up at sobriety house uh, here in Detroit and stayed there for about five months. And one of my counselors there is acquainted with the director, Amy, of the rope program and got me an interview to get in. And I had never heard of a program like this before. Uh, I always figured that if I, if I tried to get my life together, if I tried to get sober, I would still be homeless. I, I still wouldn't have a job. I, I didn't see any point to it, but the, the rope program gave me an opportunity that I didn't think existed to get back on my feet and actually rejoin society. Not just, not just people telling me that I needed to, but actually making it possible. Were you a believer beforehand? Uh, I grew up uh, Catholic. I went to Catholic school until eighth grade. Uh, my family is very religious, but I, um, I guess I felt, the, I felt like God had turned his back on me and I never put any any faith into how my life could get better. I tried to blame other people and blame myself and always just wanted to wallow in this, in this self-pity instead of trying to make anything better. And through, through the row program and, and being right there at the Nativity of Our Lord Church, I, uh, I started going to Mass again. I'm, I'm there every Sunday now. And I mean, I didn't go from the time I was 14 until I was 30. <laughs> so, wow. 
it's it's really nice to be a part of the community and and to be back in the church. And how long you, have you been sober? Um, two years. I, I'll have three years on June 10th. Congratulations to both of you. I mean, that, that, that is so incredible. And again, I just appreciate you, Nate, sharing your story um, because there's so many people out there struggling with so many different things. I want to understand that the rope program was the first time you tried because most people have to go through a program, one, two, three, four, five, six. Sometimes they never find a program that they love. You found it in the first one. What was it about the rope program that you took hold of and you changed your life? Well, in the, in the fellowship of, uh, of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, they say a lot, you know, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And um, <laughs> when, I had, when I had taken off on the road the first time, uh, I had, someone had told me that if I wanted to kill myself, that I should just kill the part of myself that I didn't like. And I took that to heart again in, in 2021 and decided that I didn't actually want to die. I just wanted my life to be different. Can you say that again? That was such a big life lesson. Can you say that again? If you want to kill yourself, just kill the part of yourself that you don't like. I love that. I love that. Brother Gary, what is it like for you knowing that, that you are in charge of this program now? Sitting across these two young men, and you've seen so many people come through the program. What is it like for you to sit and listen to this and, and, and you this program has changed their lives and changed so many lives of other men. What is it like for you? I think there's two words I use and I I always fear they can sound like cliches, but they're true. Uh, I'm grateful and grateful for the opportunity uh, to be a part of this. I always say when I, when I tell uh, family and friends back home what I do for a job and I say, it's real easy. uh, I get thanked for what other people are doing or have done, and I thank people for what they're doing or they have done, and that pretty much sums up my job. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful that uh, part of something that we Capuchins are a part of can make a difference in people's lives. Um, I'm also humbled because I came from myself a a very middle-class background. Uh, Eventually, I became a Capuchin, and you know, relatively speaking, my life has gone fairly smoothly, and I've not had to face some of the mountains that they've climbed. And uh, so I really am genuinely humbled by their stories and also inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I really mean that. Um, you know, one of the things I've been working on is one, trying to lose weight, <laughs> which uh, in order to have surgery, I've, I know you're just cookie sitting in front of us here. Um, And every time I think I want to have one, though, I I think of the stories of like Norman and Nate and what they have done. And that has inspired me to lose 40 pounds since uh, August. And uh, Congratulations. Thank you. So I'm grateful for that. And they really help inspire me on that. And and then second, you know, as the director of a program that has two uh, programs, our Jefferson House, which is a uh, nine-month program for uh, men, indigent men struggling with alcohol or drug abuse, and then the Rope Program. um, That helped inspire me to say, you know what, I didn't need the empty calories of beer and wine. And so since September, I haven't had, other than when I celebrate Mass, uh, a little bit of wine, I don't use anything anymore because it's just better for me. Guys, did you ever want to quit? Did you ever have that moment of, because I, 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 I'm listening to your stories now. I'm seeing the smiles on your guys' faces. You look so happy. But there was, was there ever a time during this one year that you're like, you know what, man, I, I, I can't do this? You know, I think I, um, of course, we all had those thoughts. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I try to remember all the bad times that I had picking that first one up. I try to remember how I was on the streets, homeless, broke, busted, and disgusted from that, behind that one drink or one joint. So um, I know to get to a meeting, call my sponsor, get on my knees and pray so that I don't have to um, entertain the thought of using. Well, um, honestly, when I was almost through with the rope program back in, um, I guess, October of 2022, 
I had, I was having some second thoughts. Uh, all my friends were out harvesting apples in Wisconsin and were about to be on their way to uh, do the sugar beet harvest in Minnesota. And I, in the rope program, we have to save at least three quarters of our pay, uh, you know, to make our lives better in the future. And I had a little bit of money in the bank and, and I thought, you know, it'd be real fun to, to go out West again and, and, and be on the farm and be the big man on campus. And I was, my disease was telling me that, that it would be okay, that maybe there's a chance I could stay sober and still, and still be with all the people that, that I thought I wanted to be with. And I know now that that's not the case. Uh, the, the manager of our parish, uh, the Nativity of Our Lord, where uh, we do the food pantry and stuff there, and, and the nice ladies there told me, they were like, Nate, why don't you just buy a house? Like, you, I didn't, I couldn't see myself paying rent to somebody, or I still didn't believe that my life was going to be better, but they believed in me, and uh, and I just listened to what they said. <laughs> so do you own your own, own home? Do you own your own home now? Yes, sir. I, uh, I closed in March last year. You're almost bringing me to tears. I mean, how incredibly outstanding is that? I mean, you must feel so so proud of yourself. If no one's told you lately, pal, I mean, I am so proud of you. That is incredible. Everything you've been through, and you have your own home now. I mean, a lot of times you just have to believe in yourself, right? When you when you guys have those moments of, of weakness, right? We we count on mentors people that are in our lives that, that boost us up. Because when, when we are in situations, people love misery. They love being around, you know, misery loves company, they say. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine you guys being around some of these people, right? When you were using, what was it like for you when you wanted to get out? Did you, did, did, did you get away from everybody so nobody could bring you back? Like, did you like, t- do you guys understand like what I'm kind of asking? Like, yes, sir. Did, did you guys get away from that? And, and did you find a mentor? So I've got a sponsor in AA and all the people that I'm surrounded with now, I've got all the Capuchin brothers and, and the people at church. And I don't, I honestly don't have really just a few friends that are my age. Most of the people that I, I associate with are 60 and over. And I guess I'm using as, as surrogate parents and, um, and they all want my life to be better. And I'm still scared to date and, and deal with things like that. I, I have to get my own life right before I start doing that. And I'm still scared to be around people that might not want those same things. I, I really like music and I, I go to a concert every once in a while and I sit by myself in the back and I drink a bottle of water and, <laughs> and I try not to, I don't want no one else to spill their beer on me or right. <laughs> anything like that. And, um, and I'm okay, but I know not to test myself. Nate, how old are you? 31. 31. So you, you're very young. You're my daughter's age. Wow. Norman, I'm going to ask you, who were your mentors? And, and did you have to get, a, get away from all of those people so you couldn't be told that you can't do it? I did because um, the lifestyle I lived, uh, it was always drugs and rock and roll, <laughs> et cetera. So I had to um, let go of them people. Um, we talk from time to time, but as far as hanging out, I just can't do it. I just, I don't trust myself. It's not that I don't trust them, because I know what they'll do. I don't trust myself. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, um, I stay away from them. We would probably talk on the phone, but other than that, my friends at, at my meetings or at work or something like that, uh, I mostly hang out with my family. I'm a very family guy, so if we going out, I'm going out with my family. We doing a backyard barbecue type of thing. Uh, I'm very family-oriented. And I do have a sponsor. My sponsor took me to my first concert, actually. It was a jazz concert. It was real nice. That's how I met my sponsor at a banquet. And I was just sitting there having a whole conversation with her. And uh, I didn't even know. I think she was like, yeah, I've been recovered for that. I'm looking at her like, what? You went, what? Oh, I want some of that. Right. I want some of that joy. Yeah, yeah. That love that you have. And she's been my sponsor. And she's been rocking with me since. Um I probably a handful to handle, but uh, <laughs> she sticks with me. She sticks with me, and it's been a, it's been a roller coaster, but it's it's been beautiful. It's the best I ever lived. What's it like for you guys now to be a mentor for somebody else? I haven't had the chance to be anyone's sponsor yet, but I always share my story, and if hearing my story uh, can help somebody else, I'm game for it. You know, because um, God didn't save me just to sit quiet. 
He saved me to tell my testimony to somebody else sitting in, if, if, if they sitting in silence, suffering, they can hear my story and decide to want to come out or seek some help or something like Amen, that. Amen, brother. Yeah. Wow. Nate, how about you? I'm with Norm. I still haven't sponsored anybody, but I chair two meetings. And so when we get newcomers, we make sure to get them a packet and, and get their phone numbers and try to get them involved. And one of the meetings is right around the corner from the rope house. So I'm still active in those guys' lives. I see them all the time. Uh, we've been going over there every couple of Saturdays doing a, a big book study with, uh, with my sponsor is, um, also the sponsor, one of the guys in the program right now. Okay. And so we've been doing that and it's, it's really good to stay connected and to be able to be around, but I still don't think I'm ready to give someone everything that they need. Guys have, has there been people come coming through the program and even brother Gary, you can answer this as well, that you saw greatness in that they didn't make it. And you just wanted to grab them and say, Hey, do you realize what you're missing out on? Have you guys had that opportunity to to see greatness in somebody like somebody saw in you? I have. I had. It was like I. So I went through a program before I got to the the road program. I was in the Salvation Army. I uh, made a couple friends there, and it was like a pack. You know, we all moved. We did everything together, and not everybody stays. You know, so they always say, don't leave before the miracle happened. And a couple of people did. It was sad. It was disheartening. And I was trying to figure out why they, I was, they was acting, acting a certain way to me. Like I felt like I wasn't included in everything. Right. But that was God moving people out my way that weren't supposed to be there, to, you know, the whole time. And I couldn't understand it then, but I understand it now. But, um, you know, I just pray for the best for everybody. I don't yeah. wish bad on nobody, but. It is what it is. Nate, have you ever saw greatness in somebody? Somebody, and you just, and, and they wanted to get away. They wanted to get out of the program. They wanted to just, they couldn't take it anymore. You guys were too happy. You guys were too successful. That you just wanted to grab and say, listen, get back here. I've been through it. I know what you're going through. I see greatness in you. But they didn't see it in themselves. I have, but... I, I talked to the people around me who I take advice from, and they told me basically some of us have to die so that others can live. They knew that I wasn't ready to do something like that, and jumping into a situation like that could have jeopardized my recovery. And, you know, uh, lifeguards always make sure the person stops struggling before they save them, and I'm not ready to go jump into the pool yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to leave one night. I was ruminating in my head. I could not sleep. I had really bad anxiety. You know, I too wanted to end it all. I wanted to jump in the Bell Isle River and I was about to leave the Salvation Army. I was about to leave. I was getting up, getting in the shower like I'm about to go. And as soon as I was walking out, some guy walking down the hallway said, don't leave before the miracle happens. And I was like, what? God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. And so I stayed and I just been kept, kept going. So every time I feel like I want to give up, I don't leave before the miracle happens. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I just been holding on to that. Guys, is there a memorable story that you guys can share with us? Something so positive that, that, that maybe it's not your life. It's somebody else's that, that like something happened. You're like, praise Lord Jesus. This was incredible. This was great. Nate, how about you? I know you're thinking over there. All the people in my lives, honestly, are what led me to believe that, that this was possible. It's not just one big miracle. It's, it's all of these small miracles that happen every day in all of these people's lives. It's, um, I work down at the services center, uh, or the Capuchin Services Center, where we, we're a food pantry and clothing pantry, and uh, we provide uh, counseling and assistance to families in need here in the Detroit area. And every day I see approximately 140 families come through, and, and us being able to feed all of those people that's a miracle. Every, the people that, you, that I get to meet and, and interact with, and it keeps me grounded and, and lets me see the beauty in, in everyone. Guys, what was it like when you went through the program and then they asked you to work here? Uh, I was excited, actually. You're always excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm a happy person. I wake up happy. Uh, I wanted to work here, but... Um, I just didn't know if I would have the opportunity. When I first got to the rope program, I didn't know if I was even going to have the opportunity to stay, you know, but uh, I did. And so I took that chance and kept going. And when I asked if they were hiring or whatever, and they told me, yeah, <laughs> I just ran, <laughs> just ran with it. I was grateful. 
And sometimes I always be like, I want to go find somewhere else different. You know, I want to find somewhere else different. I think the grass is green on the other side. Right. But um, I'm grateful for them giving me an opportunity or giving me a chance. So I'm like, I'm going to stick it through. And Nate, how about you? What was it like when, when, when they came to you and said, hey, listen, we want you to work here. It was really a blessing. I, I wanted to work at the bakery, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there wasn't a position open there at the time. And so they offered me the position at the services center. And every day I wake up, I thank God that that's where I am because it's, it's where I need to be. Um, since that time, I, um, I've been learning Spanish. And, uh, and passed the test for the, the bilingual pantry position. So I, I, got, I got a promotion and awesome. I'm, getting, I'm getting to help people in that I wouldn't have been able to communicate with before and, and opening up doors for them in this community. And that's, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah, yeah. Is it true, Nate, that you, uh, you ride your bike almost every single day and, and you even volunteer, you find time when you're not working here, you have time to volunteer at a bike shop that, that, that they give bikes back to the community? Yes, sir. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I mean, I don't have a driver's license, so okay. I, I'd, be, I'd be remiss <laughs> to say that I just am enthusiastic about bicycles, but, <laughs> but I, I am, I, it's, it's nice. It gives me time to, to see the world and, and to be, to be grounded and being able to, we're trying to get our bike program back going too, brother we Gary's, will. we're going to, and, and that's, it's really nice see there's, there's a disparity in the city of Detroit in between our public transit and the amount of people that, that are not fiscally able to have another means of transportation. We don't have a train or anything like that. And if we weren't working to improve bicycle infrastructure and all these things and, and having, and having transportation equity in our communities, it would be, I don't think it would bode well. We're trying to make a fairer world where people can get where they need to go and do what they need to do. Without it, I mean, if you drive without a license, you can go to jail. Right. <laughs> it's, um, it's a lot better for someone to have an alternative means of transportation than to be putting themselves in danger like that. And that's, and that's what I'd like to see for the community. Nice. Well, I have to say that uh, the bike shop that you work at, um, my daughter and a bunch of our friends have bought bikes to support that organization. It's pretty cool. The hub is a really great place. And yeah. the, the bikes that they sell from the, the Wrench Learn Give program yeah. and all of that to support and the, the, the children's bike giveaway, those are, those are really good days. Guys, I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're at a bakery and, and there's cookies here and stuff like that. I got to ask, what is your favorite bake good? Well, uh, I don't eat a lot of cookies. Now well, that explains why you're so thin. Well, or the bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> right, or both. <laughs> but um, at home, I really like to make pies. Uh, right now, really? I've got a, a sweet potato cheesecake that I made on Sunday that I've been whittling away at. It would be gone, mm -hmm. like in one hour, if it was yeah. sitting at my house. Norman, you thinking the same uh, thing? My favorite is the peanut butter cookie. Oh, that's mine. Classy peanut butter type of guy. That is that's my favorite right there. Guys, what is like the biggest reward for you guys just being here, showing up for work every day? Because there is something special about coming through these doors. It is. Every time I come here, there's something special with the people that work here, that volunteer here. There's just something special about this whole place. What is it for you guys? I, this has given me a purpose. I mean, even when I was out traveling around, I was part of a, a small nonprofit that did disaster relief and things like that. But I mean, we were a bunch of homeless kids in a school bus. Um, it's hard to do good like that. People look at you funny. <laughs> but, but here at the Cabbage and Soup Kitchen, people know and trust this organization and, and they believe in it and want it to succeed and know that if there's a problem that they can come to us. And so every day when I walk through those doors, we have, we have dedicated volunteers, people who come in every week on the same days and, and some of them work eight hour shifts along with us and, and not for pay or anything just because they want to be there. Yeah. And, and being a part of this community is, is really a joy. As we sit here right now, 
What inspires you to get up every single day? Is there a quote? Is there a message? Is it a person? What is it? I got to keep moving. Yeah. I'm not as thin as Nate. So if I, <laughs> if I lay down and sit down, my body going to lock up. So I got to keep moving. You know, and I got an opportunity. I gave my life to the streets and to drugs and alcohol for so long. Why not give my life to something positive? Why not give my life to the Lord? Something yeah. good. Um, when I wasn't working here, I used to come here, and I was on, I was coming here for counseling, but I used to always sit in the chapel and pray. Somebody could be having a funeral. I'm in the back just sitting there praying. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I, I come pray at the tomb. I come kneel down. It's just such a peaceful place when you get, when you hear. You just feel, you feel some kind of way. 100%. Here, you know, and then they had the courtyard with all the statues out there, and you had Jesus and Mary, and I just used to come pray every morning. When I feel like whether I'm having a good day or a bad day, I pray for myself, everybody I'm working with. And I always pray for the brothers for continuing, for carry on God's will. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Helping out because sometimes people can be a handful and they continue to do what they do. Norman, do you ever have any bad days anymore? I'm looking at you right now. You got so much energy. I (laughs) I, I don't know if you could have a bad day. I do. So Um, who motivates and inspires you when you have one of those days? When Norman needs that kick in the butt... Who, who do you look look for? Oh, that's this guy next to you, next to me? That's I mean, tough. My family. Yeah. My mama. My mama went through and she endured a lot. She really endured a lot. And she kept going making sure her family had. And we didn't have much. It was six of us in one house. So she must be imagine. proud of you now. She went on to glory. Oh, but, uh, but she's I'm still sure proud she's of you. She's still proud of me. Exactly. You know 100%. Yeah. Nate, how about you? Like I said, everyone around me, it's, you know, it takes a village and, um, and I'm still kind of childlike. <laughs> I, uh, We're men. It's okay. <laughs> I never, I never grew up. And so it takes a lot, a lot of different people and viewpoints to, to keep me pointed in the direction I need to be going. And honestly, when, when things get really tough or, or some, I see myself in someone and, and how difficult that I'm being (laughs) and, and, and I just pray about it. I really do all the time. It keeps me from doing things that I should not and, and keeps me doing the things that I need to do. Brother Gary, I'm just going to ask a guy that has not been through what they've been through. Do you ever have bad days? And if so, who do you go to? (laughs) Oh, I have bad days. (laughs) Um, Especially when I'm dealing with HR. <laughs> but uh, I have my Capuchin brothers I go to. I go to the Lord. Uh, some days I just have to pray. Um, there are difficult days. Some days I wonder, why am I here doing this? Uh, but uh, when Wait a I, second. Can I, can I just stop you right there? Are you saying that you have those thoughts go through your head every single day as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I'm, uh, because I wear the brown robe and I'm a Capuchin Franciscan doesn't mean that I'm in any way separate. Uh, you talked about a quote. Uh, since I joined the Capuchin Order, I found a quote by St. Francis of Assisi that has guided me now for 42 years. Uh, we have been called to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. And I think for much of my Capuchin life, that not only guided me as a mission statement, but it took me a long time to mature into realizing that I wasn't just say, preaching that to others, that I've had to learn more and more about, that I'm one of those who has wounds that have to be healed. I have broken relationship and brokenness in myself, and sometimes I'm lost. And uh, I'm not sure when I... For much of my life, when I would refer to that quote, I always thought it was about others. Wow. I wouldn't have imagined that those words coming out of this man's mouth, that he fights with the same stuff that we fight with every single day. And guys, I'm going to ask all three of you. Norman, I'll start with you. What advice would you give to somebody listening right now that whatever they are fighting with in their life, What advice would you give that man, that woman, that child listening to you, your story? What advice could you give them to keep going, to push, you know, keep pushing forward? I just would want to say that you can do it. You can make it. Um, God chose to clean me up and use me. And I was broke, busted and disgusted. He chose to save a wrench like me. He can definitely do it for you. Don't give up. Just keep going. I know it may be hard. For me, I take it one 
day at a time, sometimes one moment at a time, because anything can happen, anything can change. And for me, it's protecting my split second, protecting that next moment, doing the next right best thing. You know what I'm saying? So don't give up. You can do it. Uh, I got a place. I got a job. I got a car. I'm in school. And I never thought in a million years that I would be where I am today. So just don't give up. Keep going. Just take it today. Just do it today. And tomorrow, do the, do the same thing. Don't give up. You're amazing. Thank Nate, how about you? What advice could you give to that to that person listening to you right now that says, well, he did it, but I can't do it? Well, if I can do it, you can do it. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. And if you don't think you can do it, if you don't believe in yourself, find someone who believes in you. Find someone you can trust and do what they say. I mean, if you don't think it's going to work anyway, what's the harm? I, you brought something up a, a little while ago, and you said that um, there were some people that you work with that believed that you could get your own house. What is it like for you, Nate, to have that cheering section for you? And when you signed on that dotted line for your house, you didn't believe you could do it. They believed in you. What was it like for you to go back and say, thank you, I did do it? It's amazing. You know, I, I get to say that to them every Sunday when I see them because they make sure to call me and, and, and ask if I need a ride to church. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, I've still got people cheering me on. And anytime I need anything, there's, there's always something there. When I got the place, it was a little, it was a little beat up. And, and someone from the church runs a, a window and door shop. And she gave me a brand new garage door and, uh, and uh, all new locks for the doors. And, and people brought me pillows and, and sheets and, and took me to go pick up the mattresses and, and all of these things. And I can't tell you how many couches I had to turn down. <laughs> but there's, I know that I can't do it by myself now. And I always wanted to be independent. I was, I was very strong-willed. And I know, I know they're not going to give up on me. And so today I know I can't give up on myself. Isn't that a life lesson though? I mean, so many of us strong-minded men say, I can do it. I can do it. But there's so many people out there wanting to help, but we don't ask for it. And even when, when, it, when it's given to us, we say, eh, we don't need you. Mm-hmm. There are times in our lives that we need to stop and smell the roses and say, yeah, I would like to have that conversation with you. I would like that couch. I would like those um, pillows because people want to help one another. Brother Gary, I asked them a, a question and that was, what advice could you give to the people listening right now that are going through a tough time? And I'm going to ask you that same question. I was thinking of, um, you know, blessed Solanus Casey, whose tomb is uh, not far from where we're sitting and he, his most famous saying was always, thank God ahead of time. And uh, I've learned uh, to be grateful for what hasn't happened yet, to be grateful for what could be, and find people uh, who have purpose and, and faith and be around them. That's why I wanted both Norman and Nate to be uh, employees of the Caption Soup Kitchen. That's why I pushed to uh, hire both of them, because they believe uh, in our mission, uh, sometimes I think they can, uh, as everyone has heard, they can articulate it better than we brothers can. Absolutely. How can how can people around the world help you guys out here? This is a great way for you guys to advertise for what's going on here. How can they get a hold of of what's going on here? Uh, well, to I guess to see us is captionsoupkitchen.org, and there's all kinds of ways that you can, there's links you can click to donate. If you happen to be in Detroit, you could come and volunteer at one of our ministries. It's, it's, a, really, it's a really great time, and you'll get to meet some nice people. Yeah. Brother Gary, how about you? I mean, is there a way? Is, is there a website? I, I, I guess this would be a perfect time to to let uh, Tim jump in here and and let you let everybody know how they can get involved or if they want to, you know, send a donation or anything like that. Sure, thanks, Johnny. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can visit our website at www.cskdetroit.org and you can learn all about different ways to support the Caption Soup Kitchen and all of its various programs. Uh, You can get information on opportunities to volunteer with us. Uh, We have a volunteer hub where you can actually go in and 
pick a date and time and a location of where you'd like to serve. Uh, we have two meal programs. We have our Earthworks Urban Farm. We have our On the Rise Bakery and Cafe, which of course any purchases made there help to support the program that we're talking about today, the rope program. Uh, so um, yeah, lots of opportunities to find out more about us. You can also follow our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we also have a LinkedIn account. And uh, yeah, lots of opportunities to get to know more about us. So guys, one last question. I mean, because there is so much going on here, has there been a particular job that you loved and one that you were like, you know what, I know I have to go do this for a couple of weeks, but I'm so happy that I'm moving on mm. to something different. Because the program is a year, right? Nine months? Yeah. So it, has there been a job that you absolutely loved and one that you were like, oh, man, I'm glad I don't have to do that again? Well, I started off in a bakery, in the bakehouse. And I was only there for about a week or two weeks. And then I was brought to the cafe. And I thought I wanted to stay in the bakery, but I was so happy they brought me to the cafe. I was so happy. I was like, oh, okay. I fit right in over here. So I was glad they moved me. I didn't have the opportunity to stay there like Nate did, but I feel like I, I fit in right where I'm at. Nate, how about you? No, I was really excited. I always like baking, and so, and until until this job at the services center, I never liked doing customer service. Uh, I I was more of a back of the house kind of guy, right, right? And so and so and so being at the bakery was great, and and I guess I was a little worried when I when I moved to the services center, but. Like I said, I love working with the people and and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, there's lots of things I'm glad I don't have to do anymore. <laughs> like the stuff in my past, like I don't want to roof houses or, or do any kind of plumbing. I don't. Unless it's your house, right? Well, yes. That's, you know, not for pay. So you, Nate, you brought up that you love music. What's a concert that you would absolutely love to go to? I've honestly, uh, I was just looking at the tickets for Shaky Graves when he comes into town in September, I think. Okay. Norman, I know you said you love music too. What kind of music do you guys, what kind of music do you like listening to, Norman? Well, if I'm in a car, I'm listening to gospel. My, my radio station stay on gospel, but I went to a jazz concert. And so Kim posed to be here, I think at Little C's Arena. And I was looking at tickets for either Kim or uh, Keisha Cole. As much as I like the R&B, I do know people are going to be there lit. So I try to stay away <laughs> from those concerts because I don't want drinks spilled on my shoes or on me as well. So I figure if I go to a jazz concert, it'll be okay, you know. When you guys want to get away from work, what do you guys like to do? Nate, besides ride your bike. Uh, I was skateboarding, uh, but I broke my knee last June, oh. so uh, so I have not been skateboarding anymore. I was thinking about skiing this winter, but uh, but I, I really don't want to break my knee again. Um, I like to do electronics work, uh, like building guitar amplifiers and stuff. I've really? Been, yeah, I like I like woodworking, and I collect books, so I, I try to keep it. So you collect books. I, I have to ask, do you actually read the books? Yes, sir. Okay. No, no. And if guys, I, I'm being funny. I'm not being funny, but there are people that collect books that don't read the books. So I was just curious if you actually read the books. Awesome. So, some of them are more for show. I mean, uh, the, the information See, in, okay, in, I wasn't wrong. in scientific manuals from, from the 1870s is, you know, it's interesting. There's good illustrations, but they're mostly just uh, because they're interesting and I don't want them to be in the trash where they were a lot of the right. times. <laughs> Norman, I have to ask, like, w when you want to get away, what do you like to do? Um, I like to travel. I got a cruise planned uh, this coming up in April. Look at you. Yeah, I got it. Where are you going? I'm going to Nassau, yes. Amber Cove, and Grand Turk. Okay. Uh, I like to travel, so I like to cook, hang out with my family. I like to uh, decorate parties, uh, balloons and stuff. I just have to ask, Norman, Are you? I know you said you love music and stuff. Mm -hmm. Are you a singer? No. I you like know, to think I am. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was in the choir in the Salvation Army. <laughs> and when I got to Nativity, I was looking for the choir director because I wanted to get in the choir. <laughs> but it was a small, subtle, like, 
uh, kind of re- reserved <laughs> church. So I was like, okay, maybe I should back up. <laughs> you look like a singer. That's why I asked. A little bit. Nate, can he sing? Because you, you yes, you, he can. And, <laughs> and if he went down there this Sunday and asked, they'd have they'd have him there on Thursday night. For <laughs> they did practice. tell me to come to rehearsal, oh, but I did. never made it. <laughs> Brother Gary, have you ever hear, heard him sing? Yes, all the time. All the time. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. When he's working in the uh, cafe, if there aren't uh, any. Um, Patrons at the time, you can find Norman. You might get a sandwich and a song. No, I'm going to remember that because I have not heard that yet, brother Gary. What do you like to do when, when you're not working here? I mean, and you got the 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 robe off, and and you're just like hanging out. What do you like to do? Oh, probably just uh, pretty much what others do. Uh, the, oh, okay, the brothers, but- we we we'll watch movies at night sometimes. Um, I like to read. I like history. I like science fiction. Um, I like to travel. I don't do that hardly at all anymore. Uh, there was a time when I did. I had the opportunity through ministry to see a lot of the world. Um, so, yeah, I like those things. I was going to say, you didn't ask me who, what concert I would go to. Okay, Brother, Brother Gary, what concert would you love to go to? I've been to two concerts with him, and if he goes on tour again, I love Billy Joel. Really? yes. Can you guys see him at a Billy Joel concert? Yes. I don't know who Billy Billy Joel is. He's the piano man, Norman. Are you kidding me? (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) He's a youngin'. Wait, who's a youngin'? He is. Okay, Norman. I thought you meant Billy Joel. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) you need to Google him when we're done. Okay. His music's incredible. So Billy Joel, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Nate, I want to ask, where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, well, uh, or what are your goals? Well, the Caption Soup Kitchen uh, through employment here offers a tuition reimbursement. So I would like, I'd like to go back to school like Norman over here, and uh, because as much as I like what I'm doing, I know that uh, when I'm 50, I don't really want to be lifting a few thousand pounds of chicken a day. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I'd, I'd like to do. Um, I was looking at the social work programs, and I'd like to go back to school and hopefully. Uh, Hopefully, have my house the way I would like it, and uh, and have my garden in, and and work on and work on that, and just being a part of this community, and being sober. Yeah, yeah, most important, right? Yes, sir. Norman, how about you? What are your goals? Um, where do you where, where do you where do you see yourself in five years? Well, in five years, I hope to be a college graduate. Um, initially, I started off for nursing, but nursing school is not for the week. So uh, <laughs> I opted for social work and uh, hopefully to share my story and be able to give back, you know, uh, to someone else. So I see myself as a college graduate and hopefully be a homeowner like Nate and with a garden in the back, you know, a nice car. <laughs> Not just, hopefully, but when? Yeah, when. And most importantly, sober, still in my mind, say, you know, sane and trying to help somebody else. Yeah. You guys are, are just incredible, both of you. I just Thank sit across you. from you guys, and, and I, I just have to share this with you guys, that you both inspired and motivated me, somebody that travels all over the country every single week, motivating and inspiring people. And I just want to say thank you. I haven't been through what you guys have been through. I might have been through something else, a little bit different, but we all fight those things. We all have demons that follow us, no matter what demon that is. But you guys are such an inspiration to so many people. And I just want to say thank you so much. I, I, I don't, like sometimes I don't know what to say. When, when, when I was, me and Tim talked about this and, and doing this show, and I knew that you guys would, would be incredible. And you guys absolutely are amazing. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for standing up. Thank you for telling your story. And, and, and thank you for being man enough. Mm-hmm. Because it takes, some, it, it takes a big person to, to share their story, right? Oh, yeah. Because not everybody wants to tell their story. Nobody wants to say that they've been in trouble. Nobody wants to say that they've been uh, gone, gone through, you know, Alcohol Anonymous and, and, and um, doing drugs and stuff like that. I don't know what that's like, but I do know what it's like to struggle. And we all struggle. And you guys are, I sit here today and you showed us that you can. With help, belief, and God you can get through anything. And I just want to say thank you, guys. Thank you so much. I want to, I'm going to just start with you, uh, Norman. Is there anything that you would like to add to the end of this show? You got the floor, brother. Uh, well, I was listening to Brother Gary when he said his uh, quote, and it just made me think, uh, many are called, few are chosen. 
And every time I share, I like to always start off by saying I was chosen to be here because I could have died on the streets, but God kept me to share my story. So I love that. Thank you. Nate, how about you? You got the floor, brother. Yes, sir. So I guess and to anyone who's listening, it doesn't matter how bad someone else's worst day is. Your worst day is your worst day. And you have to believe that, that it's bad enough for you to need help. It's, it's okay to need help. Don't wait until, don't wait till it's as bad as someone else's. You can only deal with what you have in front of you. So, and thanks for having me on, Johnny. No, you guys, Nate, you're amazing. And I'm going to end this podcast with Brother Gary. And, and Brother Gary, um, I know I'm just kind of throwing this at you, but if you could, could you end this podcast, this radio show with a prayer for everybody listening, anybody who's struggling, or maybe they might not be struggling, but they have a family member or a friend that is struggling. Could you end this show with a prayer? Absolutely. Good and loving God, we thank you for all the good ways that you come into our lives. And often those good ways are through the people that we encounter, for the people who, who become our friends, for the people who, be, who inspire us, for the people who we work with. May we always look for those people who, are, who want the best for us. May we learn how to avoid those who could bring us down, who could harm us. We pray for them in the conversion of their hearts but help us, Lord, to be with those who do good for us. Give us the strength to never give up, to never give in to our own demons, our own wounds, but to trust that through your healing power, we can become always more whole and more like you. And may we always have purpose and be your servants and serve others through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Brother Gary, Norman, Nate, Tim, thank you guys so much for being on the Outstanding Life Podcast. I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling you, be safe, have fun, and have yourself an outstanding day. We'll see you next time right here on the Outstanding Life Podcast. Believe in yourself and all that you are. Know that there is something inside you that is greater than any obstacle. You are stronger than you know, braver than you believe, and smarter than you think. No matter how many times you fall, get back up and keep going. Your journey is worth it. Hey, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Are you planning a conference, convention, meeting, assembly, or any live event that needs a guest speaker? I would love to be a part of it. For more information, visit MotivationalCowboy.com. And don't forget to check out my Outstanding Life podcast every Sunday here on Dirt Road Radio, KYDT 103.1 FM and KBFS 1450 AM. Have an outstanding day. Thanks for listening to the Outstanding Life podcast. Follow Johnny D on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Motivational Cowboy. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, advertise, or would like to make a donation, please visit MotivationalCowboy.com. And remember to have an outstanding day.